1: head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen.
2: Hi, this is Ruben off his cheek. This is William.
1: I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast.
0: All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to yet another episode of the London is Blue podcast. What if I told you at the beginning of the season We would be recording 134 episodes, (laughs) would you believe me? Because there's only 38 matches this season in the Premier League. Obviously, there's Champions League and FA Cup and a couple League Cup games sprinkled in there. Uh, Dan, years of your life have been shaved for this podcast, 134th episode. Granted, they're not all full, not all match reviews, but pieces of content and things like that. Uh, and this, this is the culmination.
1: This is the final match of the Premier League season. It took a while to get here, but it's over and I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited, Nick. This is a, a good place to be. It ended on a really high up note. And ultimately, you were the happiest man because you were proved wrong by your preseason projection. And we're all happy because of that.
3: I, I always said that I would be happy to be proved wrong. And I am happy that I was proved wrong. Brandon missed the boat, though, with his opening salvo, so I'm going to redo it for him. you got to do the ESPN 30 for 30, what if I told you? (laughs) A podcast would be so ridiculous as to produce (laughs) 134 (laughs) individual episodes throughout the season.
0: Yeah, that's probably a better way to put it. And to all the people that have just invested years of their life listening to us, You are the real heroes, but look, you came for a specific reason, and that reason is this match review, and so just kind of so everyone knows, this will be a match review about the Wolves match. We will do a long season review episode along with our Keep Sell Loan transfers and all the other stuff soon. So Dan, the master of words on this podcast, thinks that we need to do a little word game. So Dan to kick off this pod before we get into the thanks and the gratitude what are we doing three word
1: match review <laughs> condensed boil it down into exactly what you think about the match three words
3: go ahead brandon um <laughs> i was just looking at you i was i know you're There's there's a right couple now.
1: easy ones too like just from like chelsea kind of culture here i'm ready i'm ready never in doubt
0: because that's Ooh. how I felt
1: the whole time.
0: Never cracked, never worried. Just don't put those WhatsApp logs out there
3: guys if you don't mind. Nick, do you have one? Emotionally bleeping exhausted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, well, those are those are good. Uh, I think the easiest way to describe it though, as always, when you think about Chelsea, the end of a match one step beyond. Mm, nice. nice. Good nice. shout.
3: Yeah. Could always go with Champions League bound as well. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the standard, uh, as Frank
0: alluded to. We'll get into that. All right, uh, hit us up with your three-word match review in case this is something we should continue to do in the future. Uh, anyways, gratitude, a huge amount of thanks has to be going to some people. And I miss this, and I don't know how, but Jerry came in with a massive Patreon donation, well above what Whoa. we normally ask about. So thank you, huge. But then there's Trevor, Victor, Gabriel, Patrick, Nicholas, Jonathan, Trevor again, and Brian, all of you have joined in the last four days or so uh thank you welcome to the family and enjoy your time in discord it is going to be great dan over to you for the not itunes but apple podcast reviews because nick can't say it so we had to give it to you
1: that's right it is a apple podcast review these are all five stars we want to thank adam cfc 17 os cole drew be good drew is blue 919 james harden's bookie very interested to learn more about that one jamie r16 Jubal uh kimmy gami Robbie P. And then Topher Hill City Views all given us a ton of
0: five-star oh, we know Topher. love. Yeah, we know Topher. Oh, we Topher. do. And it, what it, took again. you so long, <laughs> <laughs> Topher? Topher, and and have you have been with us? We we don't do the four star game. Okay, this is a five star Michelin restaurant of a podcast. So there's there's no such thing as five star Michelin.
3: But yeah, I appreciate. It. Welcome, you're trying welcome
0: to I uh, don't care, Dan. Clearly, I've never been to
3: one. So connoisseur of fine dining, Brandon Busby. <laughs> yes, I did grow up in Iowa. Why do you ask?
0: <laughs> Denny's. Have you heard of it? <laughs> never been. Hey, Never consumed that much cheese in my life. Anyways, uh, Nick uh, begging
3: goes to you. Yeah, I'm happy to do it. Um, <laughs> we, we have grown significantly on YouTube in terms of our subscribers, but we need you to go smash that subscribe button. <laughs> if you haven't already go smash that bad boy. Um, cause we're doing a lot of YouTube specific content now. And I know Brandon's been cutting a lot of videos this year. So, uh, nice to see that that's been growing. We've had almost 70,000 views on our videos this month, which is, uh, absolutely insane. And, you know, really happy about that, but we're going to keep pushing, Specific content there, our audio game is strong. y'all know mm-hmm. that um come follow us on Instagram and twitter as well um we are We are excited to keep pumping out an a certain amount of social content alongside all the podcasts and videos that we do so at London Blue pod on both those channels. gotta keep it simple
0: with the handles anyways, here it is the main event, and for you keeping score at home, we are well under ten minutes of pre roll stuff. Uh, Never gonna it, let that go, are you? Oh no, 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 no! Uh, wolves in the Premier League at Stanford Bridge. Chelsea two. Wolves nothing. As you know, we are gonna send you to the Chelsea fifth stand app to run the goal reviews back. Uh, listen to it. It's the only official FC Chelsea FC app any of the best interviews and highlights there, so go check it out.
2: And so it all comes down to this. Chelsea versus Wolverhampton Wanderers on the final day of the Premier League season, with both sides having plenty to play for. Maybe something here. And Mount Giroud. Big chance by the standards of this first half. Not an easy one by any means. Just behind him. Dendonka forward was deflected, made it awkward for Caballero, who poured it away from under his crossbar, and I would put that down as a very good piece of goalkeeping. But you never know. It is Mount! Oh, yes! What a brilliant free kick from Mason Mount. Right on half-time, Chelsea get the goal. that takes them one step closer to the Champions League next season. Now, Mount, three for Giroud, could get even better before half time. Yes! yes! How's he managed to work that in Olivier Giroud? Looks second favourite, but everything he touches ends up in the back of the net at the moment. Olivier Giroud, four in four. Jota didn't get it first time, but Asper committed and didn't get there. Man over is Johnny. Jota came infield instead. First save Caballeros had to make was relatively straightforward. We'll see. Giroud, Pulisic. That would have been a lovely goal. Could have been nice, wouldn't it? Mission accomplished for Frank Lampard. Chelsea will be in the Champions League next season. A brilliant Premier League season for Chelsea, given where they were at the start of the campaign, where they have finished in the top four and back in Europe's elite club competition
0: next season. All right, here we go. Dan, run us through the lineups. Now that we've heard the glory that was Mason Mount in the 45 plus one and the Giroud 45 plus four, got to love a couple stoppage time goals, but walk us through the squad that got us there.
1: Well, it was Willie between the sticks. We had Antonio Runiger, Kurt Zuma, and Azpilicueta in the back three. Back three FC returning once again. Marcus Alonso and Reese James on the wings with Mateo Kovacic and Jorginho in the midfield too. And then you had Christian Pulisic, Mason Mount, and Olivier Giroux up top. Unused substitutes include Kepa Aretha Andreas Christensen, Fakayo Tomori, Emerson, and then you substitutes, because we're going to get all five out. It's a uh, five-sub moment for Frank Lampard. Ross Barkley, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Pedro with the swan song, Tammy Abraham, and Callum hudson Adoy all coming in off the bench for the last game of the 2019-2020 Premier League season. Yeah, all the
0: subs really coming late in the match, too, so that just kind of shows you how well the, uh, the starting 11 did. Um, really surprised Kepa didn't make an appearance off the bench today. Uh, obviously, no William. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, William was injured, so this is this? You know that that's the bummer. Uh, he didn't get his potential last match at the Bridge, uh, and then obviously no Angola Conte, which I, I guess Frank hasn't really talked about. And we thought maybe he'd be in contention, especially for the last game of the season. Maybe they're just saving him for FA Cup. Uh, you know, and he might not even make it for that because we've seen what happens when a manager forces him to play on an injury. You you miss him for a lot of the next season. All right, some of the high-level match statistics from this one. Chelsea was 63% possession. We had 11 shots, three on target. Two Wolves, five shots, only one on target, which was calmly collected by one, Willie Caballero. Uh, dominated touches, dominated passes. We had 30 tackles to their 21. So that just tells you how terrible everyone's first touch was today. Uh, Our 14 clearances to their six, uh, three corners apiece, three offsides to their one, uh, two cautions for us, three for them, and then we conceded 10 fouls to their 16. Uh, Dan, an XG map for
1: Chelsea. Thanks to our buddy at Kaylee underscore graphics. Kaylee with a C. Yeah, expected goals for Chelsea, 1.3. So we overperformed, which is not usually the case. So I enjoyed that. And then Wolves with a paltry 0.2 expected goals. They were... They looked like they were just not checked into this game at all. Really surprising,
0: actually. And we'll we'll definitely get into that. Um, look, we missed it in our, our match preview, Nick. And that was kind of on us that, you know, we, we had alluded to the fact that Wolves didn't have anything to play for. But they did. They technically had Europa League to play for with Spurs breathing down their necks. Um, but, you know, the game started off so sloppy. First touches flying everywhere. Uh, so many misdirected for, you know, passes and things like that. It was just a very sloppy game overall. I guess before we really get into like the, the specific questions and things, was this the match you were expecting on the last may- game of the season? The teams, you know, which had something to play for on both ends. W- were you surprised to see what unfolded today?
3: Uh, it's It was kind of what I expected from us, to be honest, um, you know, given the emotional experience that was the Liverpool game at the at midweek, you could have been forgiven if, you know, Chelsea didn't come out guns blazing necessarily, but I did not expect wolves to look as bad as they did. I mean, it's a wolves are a team that I have a, a particular interest in watching because I think they play good football and I like their system and I like their manager and I like a lot of their players. Um And, you know, they're, you know, they're not Arsenal, uh, which is another plus for them. So, uh, you know, I, I I genuinely thought we were in for a dogfight today, and uh, it just never really transpired. I think after both teams got off to a sloppy start, Chelsea obviously established themselves in the game, and then the whole second half, you know, Chelsea were on cruise control. You know, there there wasn't a real inflection point to be had. Um, wish, obviously, that we could have finished off a couple more, but. It was pretty easy. When we think about the lineups on the other
1: side, when they don't start Treore, which is the danger <laughs> thank <you>. <laughs> man, <laughs> yeah, th- thank you, Nuno, for the present, we appreciate it, when they don't start uh, Mount like that that right there, I was super shocked at the lineup that they were starting out, and, and maybe they were trying to play a game of two halves and see if they could wear us down a little bit, catch us off guard in the first part with being a little bit more defensive. But ultimately, this this looked like a Wolves' side that had given up that they were going to make it into a Europa League spot and that they're maybe hoping for us to beat Arsenal in the FA Cup and grant them an extra place.
3: Well, can do, Wolves. Can do. Well, we <laughs> will... Thank you for allowing us to now get into the Champions League. We will return the favor beat Arsenal in the FA Cup for you.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, I I was not what I was expecting at all. You know, you think end of season, teams are polished, they know what to expect. Like (laughs) This was not the display for the Premier League to say, we are the best league in the world. Look at these. And, And like the United Leicester match, I had that on the TV behind me at work, and I was watching Chelsea on my laptop, and I'd look around and I'm like, oh yeah, that's pretty shit too. Okay, wow, really putting it on display for the for the world to watch the Premier League come to this this big peak conclusion and it was not.
3: I mean, yeah, you looked at you know, if you watch goal zone after on NBC today and they went through all the highlights and all the goals that were scored, like it was just kind of a blah day across the league. And you know, again, you can forgive everybody for having an, an off week because it's been so fast and furious. I mean mm-hmm we've never produced as much content in a short amount of time as we have over the last no. six to eight weeks. And, you know, if we're, if we're like, Oh man, we've produced a lot of content. Imagine running a 10 K every three days. I mean, it's eventually it has to burn out. There is no like, you know, peak ascendancy on, uh, on, you know, playing a game every three days. So, you know, I think it was just one of those days where everyone was tired and burnt out and knew that the end was there. It's kind of like the last day of school, uh you know where you're about yeah. to get out for the summer you're not you're not putting in a full day's effort there no and the teachers know that too
0: uh yeah <laughs> i think we kind of had that this week is that you know like the the guys that were playing they were essentially just doing recovery and ice baths and stuff and then the guys who hadn't been playing they're the ones in the training sessions um you know being filled by the academy players like broja and um was it luke nick who's that or sorry dan who's that center mid that you're super Bate. Lewis Lewis Bate? Bate. Yep. He's yeah he's been yeah. in he's been in uh, a lot of the videos as well and and that's you know kind of limping to the finish line with the amount of matches that were in such a short period and then of course they s- had to stick the fa cup in there you know as well so obviously we played you know united in case you forgot we beat them um we're, we're gonna remind them that even though they finished ahead of us somehow um but whatever so Bar. let's get into it a little bit all right Uh, Mr. Mason and World Cup winner Olivier had themselves a day, okay? Um, While there were certainly leggy players on both sides of the ball, which we alluded to because it was quite shit at the beginning, two moments of magic from each of these players ensured Chelsea finished top four and that Stamford Bridge will be the only place in London to enjoy Champions League football next season. Dan, brilliant script writing. You made me sound fantastic right there and how good does that feel getting to write that again how many years in a row has Chelsea finished above Spurs and Arsenal and all that and and London is obviously still blue since our name is that and again the only place in London with Champions League like I mean check the boxes why don't we
1: oh yeah it is absolutely a testament to Chelsea just getting it done and to the other clubs you know really on notice you know Arsenal you know, have finished strong. They did definitely have been finding ways to win here at the end. Spurs and Mourinho getting the mind games going on, celebrating six as a absolute accomplishment and getting Europa's league like it's winning the Champions League. How the mighty have fallen, very, very interesting. But ultimately, let's Europa bypass that. Europa League
0: specialist.
1: Let's talk about the fact that Mason and Drew both had some really key moments in the dying moments of the end of the first half there. The Mason free kick, which I, I love that so quickly after that happened, there were the him at like nine or ten years old side by side with the free kick here, Nick getting uh, you know spliced together. Quite, quite wonderful. It was great to see him just jump in and be like, hey, Alonso, I know we're in your wheelhouse or in your territory. I know you did a Sadio Mane flip in front of the box to to win that for us, but I'm going to go ahead and take this one.
3: Yeah, I, I at first thought the Alonzo foul was legit, and then they played it again, and I was like, well, uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not." Um, I'll be fair. Yeah. I'll hold my yeah. hand
0: up. <laughs> yeah.
3: Maybe that wasn't exactly the, the best foul. I think the ref had a tough day too, by the way, I think as a side note on this match. He he struggled to understand what a yellow card type of foul was multiple times. Um yeah, I mean Mason smashed it. And I and I frankly I think everyone knows that I love a Mark Salonzo free kick. Um his left foot is an absolute weapon and the fact that Mason had the confidence to essentially pull rank in that moment was <laughs> That's big. I mean, it's big for him too, because mm-hmm. you know we we talked about multiple times this season. You know, will Mason get his scoring touch back? You know, will he you know kind of be the be the creator again instead of just a a huge part of the effort play of Chelsea Football Club? And you know, again, two big goals at the end of the season. You know, another assist today. Uh, you know, he he's really closed the season well, and I think showed. Quality that, frankly, some of our other players today did not show. Um, if I'm just being honest, this this was a collective. We just need to get over the line by one millimeter, and if if we're over the line, that's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't a it wasn't a pretty performance by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously, Dan, you talked about it. Single
0: moments of brilliance from these two players, and with Mount, you know, Nick, I don't think you can discredit that enough of the whole pulling rank type. I guess what he did is actions, you know, Marcus Alonso's, he's like, all right, Williams out. I got this. I am next in line, right? He's like, Hey, this is my thing. And he has a great record to go off of, to justify taking free kicks. Again, he bends it around the wall. Like, yeah, left footer makes sense for Mason to have so much confidence in himself to just step up and be like, Hey, Marcos, you just you just stand right there. I got this. And then to execute it, like I I just you just that's the stuff that like you dream of as well. He came through Cobham, came through the Academy for him to literally put the team on his back and essentially get the goal that locked in top four, which is the minimum requirement that club, and he knows that. He absolutely knows that this is an expectation. We're only celebrating because we know the signings that are going to come. We're not celebrating because we got here. I think all of us as fans go, all right. We did the minimum this season, but it needs to be much better next season, and and we acknowledge that.
3: And I don't want to like doubt. Like, yes, it is the minimum requirement. These are special circumstances, though, right? We're going to get into that. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, the, to the the achievement of getting across the line this year is far different than last year, or you know, when when we finished you know, as, as league winners with Conte, like this was a completely revamped squad with a player like Mason Mount, who has basically gone end to end in the league over a period of almost a full calendar year, yeah. no summer break. Um And he's, he's just done the business. I mean, obviously we've interviewed him and I, you know, I think back to those moments because that was at the very beginning of this kind of rise to stardom with Chelsea fans then, And you could see in the interview. I would encourage people to go watch it again on YouTube.
0: Maybe two or three times, just to really seven or eight
3: times if you can. Just help us smash that subscribe button. Um, No, but if if you go uh, if you go watch it again, I think you see intent in his eyes, Dan. And obviously, there were stretches of the season where maybe he didn't play up to his expectations. But man, way to close.
1: Yeah it was very important that we just get this one across the line, as you said. And I think Lampard's comments on Mount in the post-match really kind of helped solidify just the the whole element of what Mason does. Like, you know, he was asked the question, like, where's Mason go? Can he get better? And, Lampard responded, well, yeah, he definitely can get better because he's so young. When a player makes his breakthrough year and plays consistently, people treat them older than they are. You saw his technique on the free kick. And that whole concept of everyone forgetting, maybe, that Mace Amount is a 21-year-old who's playing his first season in the Premier League at one of the largest clubs, not only in, in England, but in world football, and the expectation that comes with that you know, I think Mason, you know, is ultimately going to be relishing the opportunity to play with someone like Timo Werner. If we sign Kai Havertz to play with Kai Havertz, and is not afraid of competition in any capacity, and so I think all of that, Brandon, just sets us up for you know that we've got a really great young talent in our hands, and he's only going to get better.
0: Right. Look, there have been many a players with less ex- or with way more experience than Mason Mount in bigger leagues that have come to Chelsea and crumbled maybe a Mohamed Salah, maybe a Juan Codrado, even a Kevin De Bruyne at the time. Like, he was not up for the challenge. They were too raw. But Mason has that Chelsea DNA in him that he's been preparing for this for 14, 13 years, whatever it is. And he just has been brought up in this pressure of the academy that, hey, these are just the standards. The standards of excellence that are at Chelsea and in the academy go to the first team, and he's comfortable with that. And for a 21-year-old to be comfortable with that is absolutely wild, Uh, and it's great to see. So thank you to Naz from Goal.com giving us the stats. Mason Mount versus Wolves, one goal, one assist, two shots, four key passes, (laughs) And I think these are NASA stats, two good crosses <laughs> the most by a Chelsea player in each category, uh, which was obviously fantastic. And then, you know, Dan, you had the, the quotes from Frank, obviously, that just said, of course, he's going to get better. And I think he did a really good job of framing it, saying you all forget that this is his first season in the Premier League and that he's only 21 because the role we've given him is that of a 26, 27 year old person who's been in the league for a while and he's not. Um so anyways, before we move to Giroux though, I know Dan, you've been just eating up Marco's tweet that he put out there. So obviously gate seventeen Marco, huge friend of the podcast. Um this man has a way with words, which makes sense because he runs a Chelsea publishing company, Dan.
1: Uh, in the years to come, the same way Chelsea supporters fondly recall uh, Jesper Gronkars uh, for his pivotal goal in the win over Liverpool in 2003, which helped secure Champions League football and attracted Roman to buy the Blues, will be praising Marcus Alonso for that dive against Wolves. He gets you going, thinking it's <laughs> going to be the Mason Mount praise, and then Nick, he just turns it on you and gets the praise in for Marcos.
3: Look... Marco probably had some sort of bet that yep. uh Marcus Alonso would would flop in front of you know the 18 yard box and somehow there would be a goal score He is that good at betting so I think all praise be to uh to mark Worrell.
0: Marcos has won, has won Marco a good amount of money in his time at Chelsea <laughs> I know that for a fact so uh love Marco and everything he's doing. All right, moving on to the uh, sexy French forehead, the meaty French forehead. Uh, don't let the quaffed hair and the immaculately trimmed beard fool you. Dude grinds and does the dirty work and his goal was amazing. Starts off with a great little finesse touch past Rui Patricio and then absolutely makes, it just mugs off Cody, makes him look silly runs around him. I think he did a full circle around him and then finished it with his favorite left foot. Uh, Opta Joe, stealing this one, Dan. Uh, 33, at the age of 33, Olivier Giroud has become the oldest player to score in five consecutive Premier League starts, taking over from Jamie Vardy, who did it as a 32-year-old. Zest. Dan, does Olivier Giroud look like a 33-year-old to you? No, does he play like a
1: thirty-three-year-old? Like I'm surprised. I honestly thought he was like thirty-one. So, so there's a couple things on that that goal. One, Christian being able to keep himself upright as Neves comes in from behind and tries to take him down. Get the ball off to Mason. Mason with the back heel forward pass to set Drew in motion. And then Cody deciding to try to play Drew versus playing the ball and knocking mm-hmm. it out. A lot of bad decisions in that whole stretch of action. But the one great decision was Daru just continuing to go with it and somehow having more acceleration than a couple other players, which is not typically what happens for him, Nick, and, and ends up with eight starts since restart, seven goals, and just like Mason, help us get over the line at the end of the season here and help secure Champions League football. All, the only thing I have just left to say is thank you, Arsenal. Thank you, Arsenal.
3: Um, I... Uh, <laughs> As a as an admirer of of Olivier Giroud, and thinking back to the beginning of the season when I thought he was going to be our starting striker all year, uh, which clearly did not uh, come to fruition. Half another the year's not tre- bad. Another, another tremendous prediction on my part. Um, that's why I don't do these types of shows anymore. I should just get out of the prediction business altogether. Uh, he has he's done everything. I mean, and and this goal was so scrappy, and, and it was just a he wanted it more goal. I mean, that was it. You saw the effort that went into it. It's one of my favorite goals of the restart because in at a time where I think motivations and effort, you know, were were never in question, it's like turning it up to 11, you know, for him. And again, to come back after not playing for the first half of the year and to do what he's done for Chelsea Football Club, like we would not be in the Champions League next year without Olivier Giroud, full stop um before the restart or or after i mean he he has been that good he's been that reliable he's he's the best target forward in world football for my money and what he is able to do with holding up the ball and distributing it out he has an incredible touch he is not the skillless donkey that a lot of twitter users would have you think he has a tremendous amount of flair and skill It's just he doesn't always get to use it because he's backing people down, um, like an NBA rebounder. I mean, he is—he's that good. And I think Frank, you know, definitely has shown appreciation. We're going to get to his quote in a second, but this is one that we've said over and over. Frank got a little bit wrong, uh, and then rectified it. And I think now is over the moon in my eyes that he has Giroux on the team. Yeah, I mean, so with Olivier Giroux.
0: He has a very distinct play style, which, again, you you kind of have to adapt the team to him. You can't expect him to play in a very fluid front three, and like you can't really expect him to overlap and get around. But he's always in a dangerous position, and he can bring other people in. So I've been listening. Thanks, to, shout out to Dan Sills, if you're listening. Um, he he recommended during the Chelsea draft uh, a footballer's guide to football. And it's with Marlon Harewood and, um, oh, I can picture him. He played at Chelsea and West Ham. He's a striker. Carlton Cole. And they interviewed Emil Heskey, a phenomenal center forward. And he scored over 100 Premier League goals. And he talked about. People, yes, as a center forward, especially you think of like Mikael Antonio for West Ham, if you're up there by yourself because your team is defending a lot, you're not there to score goals. You're there to collect the ball, let the team transition with you, and then go. Olivier Giroud can hold the ball. He can keep the ball moving. He can bring in other players, and he can score with his feet, with his head, and multiple different ways. He's a very dynamic striker. Obviously, he's not pacey. And I wouldn't say he's overly two-footed, but he creates opportunities when he's there. And he's so experienced that he knows what needs to happen in tight games and things like that. So just overall, I think that, look, for us to have Olivier Giroud and to have him for another season is phenomenal. Uh, I think he has been a, a massive revelation uh, for this season, I know Timo Werner's coming in. But for Giroux, you have to go, look, he's way different than I am. So in certain situations, there's a good chance that like you're still going to need a Giroux-type, almost battering ram to knock down those those blockades and things like that, too. So I'm just... Yeah, it's really just an appreciation of Olivier Giroux and what he's done. And also for him to have one and a half feet out the door for January and to just slot in like an absolute professional and just get involved and act like he hadn't been frozen out for five months, which trust me, is a professional, oh, that, that matters. That hurts. And he's just been phenomenal. And so I can see him winning some type of like player's award this season. Um, and, and, and deservedly so. So again, just a huge amount of, um, just, just, I don't I mean, the praise is there, but it's just appreciation for Olivier Giroud. I mean, because he's one of the most selfless people ever. And you think of strikers, they're not really the selfless kind, right? You think Tammy could have passed in Pedro for a great little way to put a bow on that? Nah, he's shooting because he's a striker. So, you know, credit to Giroud. Um, I'm going to pass to you, actually, Nick, to do the Lampard comments because I just want a huge little run on on Olivier. So
3: Lampard on Olivier Giroud. Really pleased. Ollie has to take all the credit from January onwards. He wasn't playing a lot. Tammy played a lot. I was never unaware, which is an interesting way of saying aware um, of Ollie's <laughs> talents, but that was just the circumstance of the time. Credits to his personality to deal with what he's dealt with. And and there was also in a, a, in a lengthened uh, quote here that essentially said, you know, we, we can talk about his personality and what he brings to training, but that would be a disservice to his actual production um, which was tremendous and I think damn, people get caught up in Olivier's uh, other qualities besides scoring the ball because he does a lot of things well and he's obviously a consummate professional a good teammate all that stuff uh, the production matches the other stuff now and you know for a team that will have a billion and a half matches next season and a even shortened calendar um it's going to be, there's going to be plenty of game time to go around.
1: Well, when you think about the fact that Giroud basically wasn't playing for the vast majority of the season and still ended up with eight Premier League goals, it was the fourth highest goal scorer for Chelsea, behind Tammy at 15 in the Premier League, William and Pulisic at nine, that's damn impressive. And a credit to him continuing to fight, to continue to believe in himself. And I think that's exactly what... You know, Frank was trying to call out in his post match press conference because you're right. Ultimately, to just talk about the intangibles of Giroux and not talk about the fact that he actually can bang in some goals too and some pretty good ones, like the the mobility to continue going after that goal today, and then as it's going to the ground, basically make sure it gets you know bypassed in by Cody. Is just fantastic. So all credit to Drew. I'm looking forward to how he contributes in the remaining part of this season because we still have an FA Cup left, and I'm, I'm sure he would love to take another trophy away from Arsenal's hands. And uh, I'm all there for it. Disinjected. Usually,
0: Chelsea been sending players to Arsenal. We, I think I should go back and like re investigate or like reread the whole like circumstances of Olivier Giroud coming to Chelsea. Like what an probably at the time undervalued signing and just coup, you know, we were, I think he probably came around the same time Willie did as well. Right. And so we're getting a couple old
1: players just to round out the roster. Well, that was, that was the whole domino, right? Because if they couldn't get Giroud off, they couldn't go get Aubameyang. So Aubameyang was coming from Dortmund. And Mm -hmm. so it actually, In in a lot of ways, you know, Arsenal has benefited from Aubameyang going to collect personal honors while they have actually not collected anything from a club perspective. Uh, We have benefited from uh, getting someone who comes to our club and has actually helped us win trophies. So you know what? It's it's technically a win-win because Arsenal fans just love to talk about stats and enjoying other things relative to actual success. So, yeah. Smiles yeah. and happy times all around. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I can only wait for the the little soundbite clip we get from the back of the bus if Chelsea win the FA Cup this time around. I mean, he's only going to continue to burn that bridge and embolden his his cult hero status as a Chelsea player. So uh, anyways, we're going to take a break. And this is a little bit longer than normal, but hey, it's the last game of the season. We're going to milk this one for all it's worth. So again, a huge thank you to these sponsors for supporting the show financially Um, and we come back we're gonna have a ton of conversation about the defense asby zuma uh, and i'll talk about pedro leaving for the dan of the match poll be right back all right defense time um i don't know if you guys know but we did this thing called the clean sheet today and we're what is a clean sheet (laughs) really good at them um not at all. So anyways, Jimenez, Triore, Neves. Look, Wolves are known for having a good attack. Um, and we went with the back three slash five. Zuma, Aspie, um, and and Rudiger, who was not his best game. He went to ground way too often today. Uh, Willie had a good save. Uh, Alonzo and Reese James obviously doing defensive effort. Kovacic tracking back. Jorginho tracking back. Just exactly what you would expect. Um. So, overall, it, it was a good day out for Chelsea. Anytime you get a clean sheet, let alone... No, we'll just leave it at that. I'm not even going to bring Wolves' quality into it because we can't even keep a clean sheet against Villa, Bournemouth, Watford, and all the other bottom feeders. So, uh, Nick, you want to touch on Zuma today who... Look, I, I know he's been linked to a, a potential exit. Kurt Happy Zuma has a place in my heart at all times.
3: Yeah, he was... He was incredibly good today, and like an eye test thing that I will throw out there is, you know, which will not have anything to do with the the stats really is the first corner that they got when we were at nil nil. You know, my your heart just starts pounding because you're like, oh god, like this it would be like the worst thing to lose one nil off of one corner, and he he just did his job and hit the ball out with his head to midfield. I mean, it was like. Oh, wow. You can do that. Uh, Unbelievable. Great, great work. So, It's the uh, neck muscles. It just... um, (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Naz tweets out, uh, shout out to Kurt Zuma's excellent display today. 94.1% pass completion. 100% of duels won. You literally cannot do better than that. 10 times possession regained. Wow. Six clearances, two interceptions. Most in each category except passes. Dealt with Raul Jimenez extraordinarily well. Overall, solid defensive display.
0: Yeah, he dealt with Raul Jimenez by just smashing him out of the game in the first <laughs> half. Uh,
3: Nick, they, were, they were getting into it, too. There were mm-hmm. some high elbows and stuff.
0: Yeah, Rudiger took a soft one and milked that. Um, <laughs> so you want to hear why your eye test might be better than the uh, stat test today? I love that. Okay. Uh, so who scored? Who I like to bring into this every single <laughs> just, time
3: just controversy on
0: controversy all the time asby 7.4 rudiger 7.4 kurt zuma 7.3
1: okay all right who scored is trash can you just stop using who, who scored please hey sure at
0: that, uh, me at me a new stat source like this is where i go and i'm not saying it's the only data point today the
1: stats in the script we just it read is. the stats. The, stats.
0: the team stats. The team stats. The team. So, anyways, again, this just goes to show you. And again, Zuma's playing the sweeper as well, so he's not even like, playing on the wings.
3: I'm gonna do Nick's eye test scores for every podcast next year on every player. Start
0: a blog. Make <laughs> yeah. some money. Uh,
3: tens of dollars again. Wait, we have one. Never mind.
0: Um, yeah. So, uh, Zuma. I, yeah, I, I again, just nothing but appreciation again for that guy. Um, I think he's grown a lot this season. Yes. Is his passing questionable at times? Sure. Um, but he's a defender. He's such a traditional Premier League-esque center back. Um, earlier in the season, Dan, when we were having issues defensively, uh, I don't know if you remember that because it's happened all season, but I said, what about bully? He seems like a really good center back, plays in a three. He seems uh, like he can chase the ball down. He's strong. He's imperious. Watching them today, we're good. Like Zuma, greater than Bully, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, he's grown on me. I think he's done really well. Um, And my favorite pairing all season has been the Zuma Fick combo that we saw towards the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah, Zuma in my mind, has over the, the last half of the season here, played himself into the position where he's the, if Chelsea are targeting a new center back, he is the number two on the depth sheet because you imagine whomever we're going to sign is probably, you know, would be considered like the number one, right? And I, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of unfair to say his passing is not good. I actually think he does a really good job with the, the, the change of play ball kind of across the field. I just I, I think it's similar to Alonzo when you when you're tall and you, you've got just you know, it looks weird sometimes when you're passing the ball you don't look as you know smooth and as silky as other players so I, I just I think that's a bad way to frame what Zuma does because Zuma not only was was good with distribution he was really get good against you know helping helping Rudiger cover Treore which is not not easy in any capacity he helped build. Rudiger one or two times there and, and then in general you know i think the other thing too is asby had a phenomenal game against you know uh, jota who he was giving him the business man asby was just annoying the crap out of him and and unfortunately ruined his perfect season without a single yellow card in this game he had went the entire season That's that blew my mind, by the way.
0: Insane.
1: Yes. And that is the
0: veteran status of him, right? Being in the Premier League so long, he knows the line. Absolutely. Uh, Look, Zuma, he had 94% pass success rate today, Dan. I'm telling you, though, the problem is, and it's not his fault, is we had John Terry. Dude is better with his left foot than most right-footed center backs. And he's right-footed. And I think that I just think back to those times as well. Um, And even David Luiz, dude can hit a pass. We've been blessed with ball playing center backs a lot of the time. So yeah, overall, is he bad? He's not bad. Uh, We've just seen way better. And also though, I don't care. I don't want him to be a ball playing center back. I want him to ruin center forwards like he did today. And I'm thrilled he did that. So, like, Nick, for me, I don't need that skill set. I just need you to win it and let our midfielders get the second ball or, you know, Alonzo's and James, whoever it is.
3: Yeah. I mean, every game calls for something different, right? We've said that multiple times. It's not a one size fits all. You have, you know, you're, you got to pick one strategy at the beginning of the season. You have to play it out and just see where it goes. I mean, there are times where you do need a ball playing center back to move the ball through the midfield, especially when our midfield was kind of all over the place a little bit today. But, Really happy for him, as he's obviously a consummate professional. Um, part of the reason I, I have his shirt from last year is I just respect the hell out of him as a player. Frank obviously does as well. If you heard his post-match press conference, um, Reese James also needs to get a little bit of a shout for me. Uh, I've I've been critical of Reese only because I think he was anointed before. He really ever played a game for Chelsea as the next big thing. and Obviously, he has a ton of talent, a guy that I think everybody sees the future in. Um, could be a multiple position type of player, too. I mean, there's a lot of train of thought that he might be our best central defensive midfielder, um, just given what he did at Wigan. Reese put in an absolute shift today, uh, was great on and off the ball, was great tracking back, was great in attack. I mean, obviously, didn't put in a ton of, like, absolute peach crosses, Dan but I, I loved his effort uh, you know I thought I thought that is much more of a premier league level performance from Reese than just trying to get forward and cross the ball
1: well I also think the second half of this game offered nothing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 there, were, there was nothing going on it was, it was basically a, a dead match in the second half and so yep. we almost got to start the you know I mean as much of a vacation as you can call it a vacation between now and the start of the next Premier League season a little early and there was just no fight and so you know someone like Jorginho had had a very easy day out Kovacic you know uh, had had a, a, a really solid game. You know, uh, Christian had had a really rough game, getting dispossessed and and kind of struggling. You know, especially when you kind of yep. they're just not making a lot of open lanes for him to kind of get into. But still, again, played a huge part in that that second goal for Giroux. Uh, ultimately, the whole team came out and, and got it done. So I, I think that's the the message I would just say is that ultimately we got it done. We finished top four, and, and Brandon like that is the most. Important thing, and again, we're not celebrating it, we're not like Arsenal where we're going to create a trophy for finishing top four, but we're going to recognize the fact that the deck was stacked against us heading into this season, and this now is setting the stage for something really special next year.
0: Yes, exactly, it's the foundation, and kind of Frank talked about it. So, um, I threw out a bunch of like a Twitter thread about this as well, um, to give it context, right? Is my initial reactions as the season. Literally ended today. So no new signings. Yes. Kovacic went from on loan to permanent. Okay. Christian Pulisic was signed in January. Loaned back to Dortmund. Okay. So they're kind of new. Uh, Frank, this is his second year as a manager. Ever. First year was in the championship. Immediately went to a Champions League team. You don't see that. Ever. Key players like N'Golo Kante... Christian Pulisic even missed significant stretches of the season, but it's hard to really count anyone else than N'Golo Kante with the impact that that man can have. His Our best player left the club, Eden Hazard, left to go to Real Madrid. And then he had to, literally had to, put trust in young players, Tammy, Mason, Fick at the beginning of the season, Reese James, Billy Gilmore towards the end of the season. And and he was able to connect with them to build the confidence and trust so that they could go out and do what he knew they could do. And then he had to deal with juggling the Premier League, the Champions League, the League Cup, the FA Cup. Didn't have to do that last season. Last season, you know, yeah, they had the FA Cup. They did the League Cup. But the Champions League is a whole nother thing. And not only that, we made it to the knockout rounds. And then that story, we'll just stop talking about that for now. Um, <laughs> and then lastly, he had to make some big personnel decisions. There was times when his players that he usually relied on couldn't be relied on. And then the whole big kind of goalkeeper, I don't say saga, but constantly deciding who should be in net. No coach or manager wants to do that. And he's pulled club record signing keppa out multiple times um and and lastly oh, i'm happy to pass to you nick uh, i put this on my tweet is that look frank managed this team on pure meritocracy nick's talking point all season and rightly so <laughs>
3: cross that off your bingo card if you had meritocracy um it's a it's a big one take uh, a drink mate? yeah everyone drink um the the big one for me this season was the injuries, right? Once you know that you're going to lose Hazard, once you know that you can't make signings, those are kind of givens in the equation, right? The variable becomes then do I have a admittedly young, inexperienced squad healthy for most of the season? And we've seen more soft tissue injuries over the course of the last 18 months than we had in the previous 8 years at Chelsea Football Club. I mean, it's there was a part of the season where we were talking to Joe Tweeds. We're like, what, what is happening? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> you, you have Kovacic every other week and Golo missing a lot of time. Yeah, like, it's it's crazy. And so I, I think to manage your way through that with an accelerated match schedule, Dan, that only keeps growing the more you you know, you know win, right? You, you get all the way to the FA Cup final, playing the hardest stretch of those games by far of any other team that would come close you have to really do a good job of managing your squad. And I think sometimes Frank didn't do a great job of that, but at the end of the year, I think he really put everything together.
0: Real quick coming to you, Dan, I appreciated his honesty and his pressers to say, yeah, made a mistake or, Hey, I learned
1: something. I thought that was so refreshing. And look, we're coming at this with the bluest of blue tinted glasses because we are all super Chelsea fans. We, adore Frank Lampard and everything that he's done for the club as, as a player and to get to appreciate him as a manager is a super special in a way that, you know, I, I don't think Ole has the same affection or memory as his playing days at United. Uh, obviously, you know, he got them a top four Schmiga. finish after 200 One million
0: super sub appearance. Yes, yeah, two,
1: 200 million plus in, in you know, uh, investment to get them into a top four spot and also uh, some type of collaboration with the FA and VAR to, to help make that happen. Uh, Frank had to do it in, in opposition uh, of everything. Uh, Frank and Jody, because I think Jody also is the unsung hero in a lot of this kind of conversation when we ever bring up Frank. Don't forget Joe. And Joe. And Joe. um, It's it's special. Like, this is going to be a season, even though, you know, we didn't win the league. Maybe if we win the FA Cup here, uh, kind of in a week's time. When? um, when we win the FA Cup, uh, it's 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 going to be special. It's going to want to remember for a really really long time because there's just so many things narratively that tie back to what it means to be Chelsea. You know, the whole it's a Chelsea thing, the branding, the pride of London. Like this is this is absolutely just a storybook in a way. And you know, I mean, I think rightfully so. Next season, the expectation is going to be higher, but that's okay because the expectation always increased for Frank over the course of his career, and he always met it and exceeded it. And so. That has me super jazzed for what what this means for next season. Jazzed, yeah. Jazzins.
0: He talked about it in his post match presser too. You know, they essentially limped across the finish line as far as the expectations go, and he said, "But hey, this is where we build from, and I'd much rather build from this position than further down the table like other teams have to." Uh, and so, you know. He understands, and I think the club understands each other so well. Frank understands the fans. He understands the players. He understands the academy. It's like this perfect storm as well that I can't remember. I think I was listening to the Telegraph podcast, and they essentially said like no big-time manager was going to take that Chelsea job. You couldn't sign anyone. You lost Eden Hazard. Who's walking in there going, oh, this will be great. Yeah, this will definitely help me raise my profile. And so it's kind of this perfect storm of an opportunity for Frank to come in and have a chance to learn and grow. And he did a lot of that. And look, there have been times, You know, we put out a video, it's like, who has Frank developed as a player? And we kind of went through and talked about that. And so again, I just think that, Not only is he learning to develop the players, he's learning his play style. He's learning how to navigate the Premier League. Um, And you can't send me enough clips of him just getting into it with (laughs) Jurgen Klopp and his assistants and their sideline.
1: Can we talk about how amazing the whole after saga that was where Klopp tried to take this absolute high ground and... You know, try to exert some type of moral authority on it. When the guy was talking s- about how, like, the wind was conspiring against him at points in his career, like
0: I can't, I can't, F off, man. <laughs> I can't get no. enough of that. Frank is
3: the man, and I'm just he's gonna Chelsea. That. I that, can't, that's the thing. Uh, he is Chelsea. It's 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 more important than that, though, right? Because I think what you've seen this here, and like, if if you were to sum up Frank, which we will do in our season review for mm-hmm. sure is fearless he is not afraid he's not afraid of your big-time manager he's not afraid of your first Premier League le-
0: trophy in 30 yeah. years
3: yeah he's, he's not he's not afraid of your best player he's already been there and done that he already has the the t-shirt from it right he's a bunch of winners medals he's not he's not afraid to make a big call he made the big call with Kepa today obviously that was another one. He's made a big call with a bunch of youth guys this year. And to have that as a manager, I can't imagine. Like, if you go out there afraid, that's only on you if you're a player. It's not because of him. It's not because he's being timid in the locker room. It doesn't mean he's perfect. But, I mean, there's fire in his belly that rages on all day long. <laughs> you know, he's he's good on that. Um, and the fact that he's been so measured this year, I think people forget how competitive this with uh, competitive Frank Lampard is mm-hmm. because, good lord, man, all he all he wants to do is win. All he wants to do is improve. All he wants to do is get better.
0: Yeah, he's an absolute competitor, and he doesn't take excuses because he got past all of them as a player himself. So, good luck coming up with excuses for this gaffer it is not going to stick. Uh, Just real quick, just want to give a shout-out to Pedro. Obviously, he's the last game at Stamford Bridge and his last game for the club. Not his last game for the club. He'll be there for FA Cup and Champions League. Yeah, last game at home. Um, We'll leave it at that. Anyways, uh, Naz tweeting, Lampard confirms Pedro's leaving, quote, on another note, I want to talk about Pedro. He has played his last game for the club and has been serenaded in the dressing room, end quote. So whether or not it is, we'll let them figure it out. But the fact of the matter is the players respect him. The guys want everything, uh, he's done really well for Chelsea. Um, and and anyway, so I think it's just good. It, it was great to see him again, uh, at, you know, get a, get a, get a good little send off. Obviously it's weird. There's no bands in the stands to really do it, but to hear what the players did for Pedro in the locker room just shows you how much respect they have for him as a professional, as a teammate, as a person. Uh, so just credit to Pedro. And I think in time we'll all look back and be like, Hey, uh, it was great to have a player of this quality and caliber at our club, especially in a weird transitional time as well. Um, he has some great moments, some amazing goals. And I, there's a lot of things that we don't even realize that he passed on to players and things like that and taught them how to be professional, um, but never caused drama, just went out and did the business. And that was it. So
3: thank you to was here for five years, I, you know, four and a half, whatever. I mean, like, It's a crazy amount of time because Mm -hmm. I think everybody forgets he was only 28 when he left Barcelona, Um, you know, and and after all the trophies he's won, all the success he's had, and the fact that he came up through La Masia, you're, you're like, oh man, this guy must be 47 years old by the time he leaves Barcelona. Still a relatively young guy, still won an FA Cup, yeah. still won a Europa League, still won the league. Oh, I mean, he had to come to us to get that final trophy, the Europa <laughs> well, League.
1: Well, the thing is, he's going to go to Serie A and he's going to go win something there too, because that's just what he does. It's his brand. No, he goes and wins things. It's not going to be the Skedetto, I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> All right, Dan, uh, we're on the home stretch here. Dan of the match poll, uh, it looks like, according to these results, that you did a good job, Dan. You did, uh,
1: I, I did not get a lot of uh, Save
2: tweets. Save the best for last. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> uh, at 3.3%, Giroux at 9%, Kovacic at 18.5%, and no, none other than Mason Mount, 69.2% of the vote. The day and the match for the final Premier League match of the 2019 2020 season. So, the final table as it stands, it's
0: all locked in. Uh, Liverpool drunkenly stumbled across the line as champions on 99 points. That sucks. They missed the 100 mark. Uh, Man City reinstated into Champions League. So they're still here. United, again, absolute trash uh, manager <laughs> and just mediocre team in third on 66 points, only beating us by doubling our goal difference. Chelsea in fourth on 66 <laughs> points as well. Leicester. In fifth on sixty-two points, objectively good season for them, but that's gonna suck for them. Their end of
1: the season form was the wheels fell off, dude. Well, and and let's let's most of the second half of the season though. They had a really good. Also, want to talk about the fact league high award, Premier League high award for penalties for Manchester United this season. It's a joke. If they if they did not have that you would actually have Man City, Chelsea, Leicester, and United actually would be below Spurs. But, you know, that's okay. Yeah,
0: United needed a ton of help. Like, you can't convince me, A, that the FA didn't help them, or B, that Ole is a good manager, so don't even try. Um, Anyways, the teams that are relegated were Bournemouth, Watford, and Norch. Um, Goodbye, Bournemouth. (laughs) I'm okay with that. I like Villa. I have good memories of them in the Premier League uh, from my Fox Soccer days. West Ham stayed up. Brighton stayed up. So it was a big one for them. And obviously Sheffield
3: uh, pushed for Europe until the very end. If if you're Bournemouth, you have a huge, huge, huge bone to pick with uh, Hawkeye on the Their Villa match? The goal that got... Um, not it given. Wasn't allowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not given against Sheffield because uh, Villa would have been, uh, I think, back down on gold if... Um, and, and so they, they really, really got lucky. And I, it, it, it brings up an interesting thing that we'll get to at a different point. But like, if you're going to institute all this technology in the league and it's not human error that you're going to rely on, right. Then who gets sued when something like that happens, right. When you have clear video evidence and you just completely mess it up. I mean that it's a, it's a ton of money that Bournemouth potentially lose out on because they, you know, the right decision wasn't made.
1: Well, and and Bournemouth has done done some wonders on us the past couple seasons. Mm-hmm. So I'm more than happy to watch a bogey team fly down to a lower league. This Eddie Howe will be
0: back to haunt us, and it's just a different team and a different he's color. A,
3: he's a good manager, man. I, I like Eddie Howe. I, I I know that their their team just doesn't have that much juice in it, but he what he's done with that club. If you go look at the last eleven years he spent with that club, they are. Far exceeding expectations.
0: I think that's the classic, same voice for too long. They just need a fresh, probably a fresh voice in there. um All right, Dan, I'm gonna let you take us out with this talking thfc Tottenham Hotspur Twitter account. <laughs> I put that in there. Oh, Dan Nick did. So just think, yeah. I want the timestamp.
3: I want to know when this was. I think it was like end of last season, before this season. Okay, good. So this
0: is like, hey. A long time ago, we tweeted this, let's see yep. how it aged type of thing.
3: Yeah. Okay, go At ahead. old takes exposed. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, talking uh, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, uh, THFC, tweeted out a long time ago, Chelsea slowly imploding would just be the sweetest thing for so many reasons. No fan base in the Premier League deserves it more. Transfer ban? Go on then. Hazard leaving? You tease. More Europa? Oh, go on then. Simply Delicious. And Dan, really quick, if you could look at the standings again, if we could scroll back up in the script, I just want to see where everything netted out, because if their prediction was correct, Tottenham would be ahead of us, right?
1: Uh, well, so Tottenham actually finished six, on uh, 59 mm. points,
3: and mm-hmm. uh, only,
1: only finished six because they had scored three more goals than Wolves, because they actually finished 11 oh, points. They're so lucky to have gotten six.
0: And I heard Mourinho today, like, look. Jose, thank you for what you did for this club. You are a shadow of yourself. You are a shell of the Jose we knew when you were with us. Uh he likes to break up I, I out take the... them
1: up. I take them back. Oh. <laughs> I bring I bring them up. You know, they, he talked about the table. He talked about like the post restart table. <laughs> well, and he
0: <laughs> said since he's taken over they're like top 4 and like since yeah, and he's like it's he has some rendition of the table that they're first. And I'm like I can't be bothered with your nonsense. You've lost your marbles. You're at Tottenham. You guys
3: Dude, every are time going we play them down. You're gonna struggle in Europa League. Every time we play them, and play him specifically, whether it's at United or at Spurs, every match review, I tell you, do not pay him a single ounce of attention. You know his script. It's already written. You can pull it up for next year. You know he's going to try and do the mind games thing. The difference is that he doesn't have the juice anymore no. to pull it off. Nor the supporting
0: cast. My gosh. Can no. we also
1: just before we go out of here, talk about the fact that Arsenal have no European football whatsoever next season and how <laughs> it's all writing on the FA that Cup is.
0: Right? So that's, and we'll talk about that in that preview. That's what they have writing on the FA Cup is a chance of Europe. Um, I'm thinking about doing a little Twitter video to the Arsenal fans to give them some advice on botching the FA Cup final so they're not in the Europa League. Uh, they need it. I can tell you, uh, with Antonio Conte, not having any European football it did wonders for us. So, anyways, that is going to wrap up our match review. Thank you, listeners. Again, 134 pieces of content came your way match previews, match reviews. Uh, three-part history series of Chelsea, Chelsea DNA, player interviews. Virtual pub. Yeah, we will summarize everything that's gone in in our season review, but it has been an absolute wild ride. Thank you so much for being here with us. Obviously, a huge shout-out to Nick and Dan, uh, but I pay them tens of dollars every week to be here, so it makes sense. No, I really appreciate the time, guys, and I know all the listeners do as well. So, Uh, That is going to wrap it up. This is the official end of the Premier League season. But hey, don't worry. You act like we're going anywhere. All right. We're going to keep the content coming. Don't worry about it whatsoever. Uh, But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Chelsea did the business. We achieved what needed to be done, what was expected to be done. And now we go on to the FA Cup final to hopefully add a trophy to our overflowing trophy cabinet. Because that's what Frank does. That's what Chelsea does. So that is going to wrap us up. We will be back for the preview of the Arsenal stuff and obviously the match review. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.